0: And immediately he recovered his sight and followed him on the way. And so normally when this text is brought before us, what stands out immediately is is the faith and the perseverance of of Bartimaeus. We see faith in its purest form. We see faith from its pleading to its reward. We see it from uh, its pleading to its perseverance. But we also see, I believe, the conversion of Bartimaeus. We see this man Bartimaeus go from sitting on the roadside to following Christ on the way. We see him go from misery to joy. We see him go from pain and and forsakenness to acceptance through Christ. We see him go from death to life. We see a transformation in this man that only the power of God could perform. And so yes, we see faith and I want us, as we, as, to, as we go through this text, I want us to see the faith and, 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 and think of myself, am I, am I, am I, is this faith in me? Am I living out this faith? Am I pressing on to imitate this faith? Do I have this faith? But also I want us to look for the mark of true conversion, which is a trumpet I believe needs to be sounded in our age, in our time. And so as we go through the text, I want you to ask yourself, is this true of me? Have I known this experience of Bartimaeus? And I'm not talking about the, the physical aspect of going from blindness to physical sight. I'm talking about the spiritual aspect of the text. Is this true of me? Have I known this to some degree? And so, first of all, let's, let us look at Bartimaeus's condition in verse 46. And they came to Jericho, and as he was leaving Jericho with his disciples and a great coward, Bartimaeus, a blind beggar, the son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside. And so what, do we, what jumps out? What do we know about him from this, this verse? Well, firstly, we know that he's a blind beggar sitting, sitting on the roadside. That is the definition of the condition of this man. And outwardly, a blind beggar, but when we actually think of his condition... It's, it's, it's a terrible condition, it's a hopeless condition. You know, what is normal for us, looking into the face of a loved one, looking into the face of your child, looking into the face of your wife, looking into the sky and, exa- and seeing the wonderful stars, looking at the rain and, and, and looking into the eyes of another human being, the colours that surround us, the beauty, the rainbow, what's so common for us and we kind of just, okay, that's okay. What's so normal for us is an impossible thing for Bartimaeus. He's suffering from blindness. He's blind. He cannot see. And so immediately it draws our compassion. If, you've, if, you, if you know someone who's blind or you've ever seen someone who's blind and, and you see them kind of lost, you immediately want to go and help that person. So immediately, uh, our compassions are drawn out towards Bartimaeus and we see his condition and we think, this is, this is bad, this is, this is not a good situation to be him. But not only is he blind, but the scripture says he's also poor. He's sitting by the, the, the roadside. And so, we can only imagine, I mean, it's one thing to be blind, and thank God in our, in, in our society we have many organizations, charities, that um that helped the blind so that they wouldn't have to go poor. But here in this day, in, in, in the context we're looking at in, in Judea 2,000 years ago, there really was no type of government organisation that would be looking after the blind. There were people who'd done it, but primarily, if poverty fell upon you, it would be your family who would have to take you in. It would be your family who have to take care of you. But look at Bartimaeus. Not only do we see that he is blind and impoverished poor, but he must have been a lonely man. He must have been a man who no one could take him in. There was no mum or dad. I mean, I still live in my family, my my mum's house, thank God. But for Bartimaeus, it doesn't seem that that was the case. It seems that he was lonely. He was alone. And so what was his position? It was by the roadside. Sitting by the roadside. Can you imagine, day by day, the same routine, being led by hand to the place where you sit down and beg, hearing the pitter-patter of people pass by and being at the mercy of the next wanderer, the next passer-by, struggling, when is my next meal, and unable to even see and move about, really forsaken, really lost, really without hope. This was his condition. Can you put yourself in his shoes? Can you imagine it? Can you imagine it? Day by day, same routine, day by day. Can you feel his affliction? Can you feel it? Day by day. But for Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, today was a different day. Why? Because he heard something. What did he hear? He heard Jesus was passing by. Jesus was passing by. And we know that when one of your um, one of your organs, your sight, your your taste, your when they um, when one of them dies, another one is heightened. So Bartimaeus was blind. We know that his hearing would have been heightened. He would have had a a great sense of hearing and you can imagine that he would have been sitting on the roadside and would have heard about this Jesus who is performing miracles in Galilee and performing miracles in Judea and performing miracles here and there, healing the blind, cleansing the leper, making the mute man speak, performing all these wonderful miracles. He was probably sitting there on the roadside hearing it like, how can I get to this guy? It doesn't seem like Bartimaeus was like the paralytic man in Mark chapter 2 because he had four men who carried him. You know, he couldn't get there. He had four friends. Bartimaeus seemed to have no one. I'm sure he would have been going to his closest friend and said, can you take me to Jesus? Where is he? I hear he's here. Take me to him. I need to see him. But where is he? He's only still sitting by the roadside. And so he had heard of Jesus. He had heard that this was the one He had heard the reports of the miracles and the teaching of Christ, but yet, so far that would have been no benefit to him, because he had not encountered and met Jesus Christ. And so Jesus in this gospel, especially in the Gospel of Mark, is always on the move. When you read the gospel of, when you read especially the gospel of Mark you get that sense that Jesus is he's not in a rush but he's hurrying towards he's he's at one place and he's like i need to go preach somewhere else he's at another place now he's gone somewhere else he's always moving about he's always active in his ministry Jesus hasn't got the type of ministry where he sits down in a massive church congregation and everybody flocks to him he's moving and the people are flocking to him and in a real sense Every time we hear the gospel preached, Jesus is passing by in the same way he was passing by with Bartimaeus. Every time we open the Bible, Jesus and his salvation is passing by. Every time the Bible is read, every time the name of Jesus is faithfully proclaimed, every time the gospel is sounded aloud, Jesus is passing by. Jesus is passing by. Uh, think of an illustration, imagine I'm standing up here now and I said to all of you here, I said, look, I've got a, a fatal disease and I'm, and I'm going to die tomorrow. But I told you the disease and you thought to yourself, oh wait, there's, there's a man in this building who has the exact cure for that disease but he's leaving in five minutes. Surely you would grab me and be like, look, stop preaching. What are you doing? Go and take this cure. Go there now. You only have five minutes. Hurry. Your cure is there. Move towards your cure. In the same way, when Jesus is passing by, when Jesus is proclaimed, he's moving. You need to receive him. Go for him. Grab him. There's no time to wait. That's the essence that we get in the gospel. We have such a when it comes to the sins of God, when it comes to Christ, we can be so slow to move. That's, that's no good. That's no good. Could you imagine if Bartimaeus was slow to move? Could you imagine if Bartimaeus was like, oh, that's all right, let Jesus pass by, I'm, I'm comfortable in this position. Could you imagine if he'd done that? Insanity. You would have grabbed him and threw him to Jesus. In the same way, today, in the preaching of the gospel, Jesus is passing by. Will you avail yourself of him? Will you make use of him? Will you go to him as Bartimaeus? Because the reality is, like Bartimaeus, so many, of just, so many of us have just heard. We've heard what Jesus can do. We've heard of how he heals. We've heard of how he, the joy that he bestows. We've heard of the forgiveness he can give. We've heard of the power that he can bestow. We've heard of what he can do and what he is like, but yet we do not make it our own. We do not come to know it. Surely Bartimaeus heard of the healing of the, of, of the blind that Jesus done. But what good was that to Bartimaeus? Until he made it his own. Until he took possession of it and made it his own. And in the same way, when we hear that salvation is embodied in Jesus Christ for all who will come and receive him, for all who will believe in him, it will not benefit you until you make it your own. Until you take hold of it. In the arms of faith and perseverance, and saying, talking about faith, we noticed that here about Bartimaeus, he had heard of Jesus, and he had faith to move. He had a desperate faith to move. His faith was active. His faith wasn't a okay, a intellectual assent. It wasn't accepting the facts about Jesus. No, it was hearing about Jesus and saying, "I heard he can do that. Do it for me." That was the faith that Bartimaeus was manifesting. And that's the faith we all have to have as Christians. You went from hearing to seeking to finding. But if you look at the text in verse 47, moving on now to the next, um, to the next verse. There's a great sense of irony in the text. I don't know if you see it. It says, and when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. It seems that Bartimaeus, out of all the seeing Israel, the physically seeing Israel, Bartimaeus, the blind beggar sitting by the roadside, understood who Jesus was. He understood the reports of him. He understood that this was the one who would come into the world and provide salvation. Bartimaeus had revelation. God had revealed truth in his heart. And he, you see that by the title that he gives to Jesus he gives to Jesus a messianic ma- title messianic title Jesus son of David Jesus the long awaited messiah Jesus the one who would come with healing in his winds son of David the righteous ruling king who would establish the righteous rule and peace of God in the world this is the one Jesus son of David that's who he's crying out to he's given Jesus the kin the divine king title Son of David. But also, not only does he see Jesus in the right light, but he also has a right view of himself. He has a profound right view of himself. Now, what do I mean by that? Well, look what he asks for. In verse 47, he asks for mercy. He asks for mercy. Now, if that doesn't shock you, I don't know what will, because think about it. This is a man who literally embodies human suffering. Suffering in every way kind of meets in this man. And if there's anyone who could blame God, it would have been him. A modern society would have been like, oh, Bartimaeus' Christ should have been, Jesus, why have you done this to me? I deserve to be healed. Jesus, God, why am I in this situation? God, why, have you, why am I blind? This is your fault. Isn't that society? Continually blaming God for our own sin, our own, our own corruption, and we hold our fists at God and say, God, look what you have done. But Bartimaeus knew God and he knew himself. And so his cry was not, God, look at my condition. Jesus, I deserve healing. He knew he couldn't find it from a holy God. He knew that the only ground in which he had To be healed and to encounter God, to know God, was on the grounds of God's free, full, and sufficient mercy. And so he cries out, have mercy on me. He asks for mercy. Despite his condition, despite the fact that he was blind and poor and forsaken, he knew that God was only good, God is good. God is good. And we can never accuse God of injustice. And Bartimaeus doesn't do that. He goes to him and he pleads on the ground of mercy. And my friend, that's the only way we find God. As long as pride is in the heart, as long as there is an ounce of I deserve salvation, I deserve blessing from God, you will not find him. The Bible says that God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. As long as you think you deserve something from God and that you can do it, you you can perform, you can wrench it out of the hands of God because you can deserve it, you will never have it. The only way you can come to know God is on the ground of his mercy, on the ground of grace. On the ground of grace. And Bartimaeus saw that And so his faith sprang into action and he begins to move. And we see an unlikely source of opposition. And what is that unlikely source? In verse 48. And many rebuked him, telling him to be silent. Now, I mean, this is, you know, it's it's interesting. It's interesting, the crowd. If you read the Gospels, in the Gospel of Mark, the crowd is some, uh, an, an ambiguous bunch of people. They follow Jesus, but they don't really follow Jesus. They're there for the miracles. They're there for what he's doing, but they're not committed to him. The crowd is like on the sideline and just watching. And so they have no real love and devotion for Christ. Furthermore, when you read through the Gospels, it seems that Jesus is always trying to, divide the crowd from disciples to the crowd he's always trying to set apart the disciples and he's always calling the crowd to a real commitment and so the crowd just was just on the sideline and and we see we see that manifest here we see that they not only was ambiguous and, and 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 uncommitted but they were a hindrance to the things of God they were hindrance to salvation weren't they Look, you see that he's, the, the blind man on the roadside starts crying out for mercy, crying out for Jesus. And they say to him, stop. Don't bother him. Don't, don't pest him. You're a pest. You're a nuisance. You don't deserve the attention of the master. That is the view of the crowd. That is the view of the crowd. And I believe in Christianity, the crowd has never really gone away. There has always been those who follow on the border. They are chasing the experience. They are chasing the next best thing. They are chasing the crowd. If there's not a big crowd, they're not really there. But they're chasing something. But it's not Jesus. And so they are experience-driven. Driven. But in spite of this opposition, Bartimaeus' condition was so desperate and so needy, he would not be turned away. Look at him. He goes from pleading, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And he lifts his voice, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. He intensifies his pleading to Christ. He intensifies his request. He intensifies his prayer. He won't be turned away by any opposition. And if you are a Christian and you've become a Christian, then you know that. You know that, I mean, I had a friend. When I became a Christian, I had a friend who I'd shared the gospel with, and he had come to Christ, and, and he was going well for a few weeks. And then suddenly, he phoned me, and he was like, oh, you know, my, my, my mom and my family are making fun of me. You know, they, 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 they're making fun of me. And, and I was like, well, you know, the world will, you know, Jesus said. If the world hates him, how much more his servants? If they, had, if they hate the, the head of the household, how much more the servants? But yet it shocks us, doesn't it? When we, when we are persecuted in one way for Jesus, because we think, well, I'm doing the right thing. You know, I'm not, I'm not stealing, I'm not playing around with my taxes, I'm not stealing, I'm not, I'm not doing all these different things, but yet people seem to ostracize me, people seem to want to cast me away and cast me out, but that's the reality. The reality is that when you become a Christian, you speak something to the world. A Christian speaks something to the world because he says to the world that there is another way, that there is a better way. He testifies to the world. He is a living epistle that Jesus Christ is the living God, the Son of God, the Saviour of the world. And so Bartimaeus perseveres in despite, despite the opposition that he is going through and this this desperate faith with this desperate perseverance this unflinching perseverance God rewards God rewards you see that in verse 49 and Jesus stopped and said call him now that on the surface seems but As I've been saying, when you understand the movement and the pace of Jesus' ministry, when you understand that in the gospel, Jesus is always on the move. He's always going from one place to another. He's always meeting different needs. He's never in the same place for too long in his his three-year ministry. The fact that Jesus stopped. Also in the context, when you look up in chapter 10, Jesus speaks about a baptism that he has to undergo. He speaks about some some suffering, the suffering that he has to undergo and that he's about to go meet in Jerusalem, which was only about 10, 15 miles away. Despite all of this that would have been heavy on the heart of Jesus, despite the suffering that would have been in his mind and and he probably could see the, the nails and the cross before him, despite what he was about to go through, Jesus has time for this, which the world was ready to cast out and not even show a minute, a second to. Jesus stopped and slowed down. It's literally translated, Jesus stood still. Jesus stopped for this man. And Bartimaeus' fate kind of hands here now. What will Jesus do? What will happen next? And what will happen next? Well we see Jesus says, call him. And they called the blind man, saying to him, Take heart, get up, for he is calling you. He is calling you. You see how the the crowd turned? (laughs) It's actually a bit amusing, isn't it? The crowd went from, Shh, don't bother the master to take take heart. That that's the crowd. You know, never really fix, no conviction, no conviction of truth. Really just what the world is saying they follow. There's a new idea about Christianity, we're going to follow it. There's a new idea about ethics or whatever, we follow it. They have no foundation, they have no foundation, they have truth. They don't have truth under their feet, rather they just float. And if a person of influence and attractiveness brings out a new idea, they're ready to receive it if the crowd does. And so they went from hushing to congratulating, to, to bringing, bringing, you know, to coming to him and saying, take heart, get up. But that must have been wonderful words in the, in the ears of Bartimaeus. Can you imagine? You know, scripture says that uh, sweet words are like a honeycomb to the soul. That, that sweet words revive the bones. Can you imagine hearing that? Take heart, get up. He is calling you. Take heart. He, I bet he wouldn't be able to take heart for a long time. What could have met Bartimaeus in this world that would have given him real reason to take heart and to get up? In this world we live in today, what, I, I know, what message is there? What, in, in, when we look at the world and we see that literally our society is, is falling apart from, from the scene? We see that uh, the people who are supposed to have it all together crumbling. There's an uncertainty, uncertainty. People don't know what's going to happen next. At any time, things could crash and go run. You invest your money here, but it might go run. Invest your money there, but you could, you know. There's, there's no real foundation to build your life upon. There's no real reason to take heart. There's no real reason to have courage, to be strong, to have joy in this world, but Jesus, when Jesus passes by, when you, Jesus is the reason. Jesus is the reason that you can. Jesus is the reason why, as a Christian, I can stand and look at everything. You know, there's a scripture in the Psalms that says that though the mountains move out their place, though the mountains move and fall into the sea, yet it will not touch me, yet I stand. That is the strength and the confidence it's not found in money it's not found in possessions it's not found in reputation those things are like the wind you have them one minute then they're gone but the message of the gospel causes you to take heart Jesus causes you to take heart and to get up and this is what happened he said, the crowd said to Jesus take heart, get up, he is calling you and I and I and I wonder and I sense that may there's some of you in this room who have been called, who have heard the calling of Jesus. Day by day you do your thing, but there's, there's, a, there's a pinprick of conscience that reminds you about the Bible, reminds you of something that your mum taught you, reminds you of something that you heard on the radio, reminds you of something that you saw. That's Jesus' calling. That still small voice that hinders you and, and stops you and draws you towards God is the call of Jesus Christ. And I ask you, friend, has has God been calling you? Has Christ been calling you? Has Jesus been calling you? And you see Bartimaeus in verse 50, and throwing off his cloak, he sprang up and came to Jesus. Bartimaeus doesn't waste time. (laughs) If there's an open door, Bartimaeus is running through it. If there's an open door, if Jesus is saying, come, I'm up, I'm going. I'm not going to waste a second. My need is desperate. I cannot wait around. I'm going to him. I'm going to him now. And so we see he he gets up and springs up, as it were, with a newfound life. (laughs) And it says that he throws off his cloak. And again, this is significant. This is significant. When you think of the cloak um, back in this time, 2,000 years ago, it would have been a long thing that would have covered, covered the whole body. And so for a, for a blind poor beggar whose daily routine it was, was to sit beside the road facing the elements of the desert, the wind, the rain, whatever, you know, whatever was going on, he had to face it. A cloak that covered him up was something invaluable to him. This was like Bartimaeus' house, <laughs> to some degree. It was his source of, of comfort, his source of security, this cloak. And so the fact that he, he got up and he froze it off, shows that Bartimaeus knows he's not, he's not going back. He's not going back to sitting by the roadside. The cloak's too heavy. The old life, the old way of life is too heavy, you must throw it off. It's the same when you come to Christ. How many try to come to Christ but they will not throw off their cloak? And so you're too heavy, you cannot cannot make it to him. One thing pulls you back, another thing pulls you back. You don't cut off that friend, that friend pulls you back. If you must come to Christ then you must throw off the cloak whatever's holding you down, whatever's impeding your progress towards Christ must be thrown off like Bartimaeus. You must stand up and throw it and be done with it. It symbols the world. It symbols the life once lived. I've learned that as a Christian. I must throw off the world and be done with it. I must have my heart and my mind set towards the goal. I cannot have one foot in the world and one foot in Christ. No, he must have all of me or none of me. And it's the same with Bartimaeus. Bartimaeus throws off his cloak and springs and runs forth to Jesus. And what does Jesus say? Jesus says to him in verse 51, What do you want me to do for you? He says, what do you want me to do for you? Now, earlier in chapter ten, you know th- th- there's a lot you could say about this, and I don't want to I don't want to spend too much on this, but there is something significant within within the context of what we're saying. Earlier in chapter ten, do you remember um, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came to Christ and asked him, and Christ said, "What do you want me to do for you?" And what did they ask for? They asked for extraordinary glory. They asked to be seated at the right hand and the left hand of Jesus Christ. But it's fascinating to see that the same way he treated his disciples, with the same dignity and humanity and acceptance, is the same way he spoke to this man who the world had no second for. This man, who, who, uh, this man Bartimaeus, who the world simply was ready to let, to, to let die on the road. The same way Jesus addresses his close disciple is the same way he addresses him, the servant heart, king, who is like him. He says, what do you want me to do for you as a servant? What do you want me to do for you? And obviously it's, it's, quite, it's quite obvious, but I believe that is why that's there in the text. I believe Jesus that is why the, the, the crowd was telling Jesus The crowd was telling Bartimaeus to be silent. Jesus is saying, speak. Let let us hear what you have to say. Speak. What What is your request? How different? Surely Jesus is the light of the world. How different? How fair among the sons of men is this Jesus? And so, Jesus asked him, what do you want me to do for you? And the blind man said to him, Rabbi, let me recover my sight. And obviously, it's it's a quite obvious request that he's going to ask. But yet, it's it's quite deep because where the disciples ask for extraordinary glory, Bartimaeus is just asking to be normal. He's just asking to again be able to see the rain, be able to see the water, begin be able to see the rainbow or the clouds, begin, again be able to see his loved one. He's just asking to be normal, stuff that we experience every day and we, we take so for granted, was the request of Bartimaeus, Rabbi, let me recover my sight, let me see, I want to see again. I want to be normal. And look at Jesus' answer in in 52. What does Jesus say? Jesus said to him, Go your way, your faith has made you well. And immediately he recovered his sight and followed him on the way. See, the reward of, 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 of Bartimaeus' faith and perseverance was what he desired. And that was to receive sight. But not only did he receive his sight, not only did he have physical healing, because the same word that translated uh, go your way, your faith has made you well, could be translated go your way, your faith has saved you. And so the faith, the desperate, tenacious, unrelenting, persevering, unshaken faith of Bartimaeus, not only has him restored sight, but also... The salvation of his soul. Also the salvation of his soul. He regained his sight and saved his soul. Isn't that incredible? And that's that's the way God is. That's the way, the abundance, the abundance of Jesus Christ. You pray and ask for one thing, he gives you four, five. God is not stingy. God loves to lavish. The Bible talks about God lavishing his salvation. And so Bartimaeus cries out and desires for sight but yet we also see that his faith has saved him physically and spiritually. And so the unrestorable is restored. The unhealable is healed. What the world and every physician in the world could not help Jesus with a voice command, with, the, with his voice go your way, your faith is, heals this man isn't that incredible you know the fact that we, we, sometimes we just become so um, so normalized by the gospel and I've said this before but it's a great benefit for me I think you know obviously it's, it's really good and it's better to grow up in a Christian home but for me who didn't grow up in a Christian home I remember reading the gospel for the first time and having that sense of wow I've never heard anything like this. This is incredible. And my friends, brothers and sisters, you have to regain that sense of awe. You have to come to the Bible and say, God, let me read it like I read it for the first time. You have to cultivate that sense of anticipation. I remember for me it was like, what was the next story? What is the next thing Jesus is going to do? What can I learn more about him? This is incredible. If you want life and vitality in your faith, you have to go to God and say, God, make it fresh, restore the joy of my salvation, of your salvation. Joy, awe, anticipation, expectancy, all these things that we as Christians should have in abundance more than the world have for all their fleeting pleasures and gimmicks. We should be the most joyous, exuberant people on the face of the earth. Because we know this. We know him. He's had mercy on us. And look, that happens to Bartimaeus. What does he do? It's funny. Jesus says, go your way. But Bartimaeus is not going anywhere now. He's met with Jesus. He's going to follow Jesus. Jesus says, go your way. And Bartimaeus... No, no, I'm gonna follow you. I'm I'm coming. I have no home to go to now. That's what happens when you meet Christ. It's a transformation. Look at Bartimaeus. Go your way. No, I'm following you. This is revival. This is what it means when you don't have to, when the people don't want to leave the place of prayer because they want to be with him. When you can't get enough of the Bible, this is what it means, this is... When there's that sense of wonder and desire to follow him all the way. I have a home, but I'm not going there. I'm following you on the way, for you gave me sight. You gave me sight. You healed my soul. And we all, every Christian should know that. And so... Jesus, with a simple command, go your way, heals the sight of Bartimaeus. And can you imagine how many years his eyesight was in darkness? We don't know. But how many years it would have been darkness for him. And suddenly, at the voice of Jesus, the rays of light begin to break in again. And boom! Colour, life, different You know, in his eyesight. And imagine what he saw. What was the first thing he saw? He must have been looking straight into the face of Jesus. Straight into the face of the Son of God. Straight into the face of humility and love. Straight into the eyes of the Son of God that must have pierced down into his soul. And he said, no, I'm following. The face of Jesus Christ was the first thing that Bartimaeus saw gazing upon him. How wonderful, what what a scene. Bartimaeus is like Ruth now. I cannot leave you. Where you go, I go. He's following Christ. He cannot go home. And why? Because he's converted. He's a disciple now. He's a different man. He went from Bartimaeus sitting upon the roadside to now Bartimaeus, the disciple following Christ on the way. That is the transformation. When Jesus, he changes names, he changes past, he clo- He changes, he transforms. There is no situation too dark, no brokenness too broken that Christ cannot completely transform and it will only be a memory. A memory, a cause of joy. What was for Bartimaeus, his greatest source of pain became for him a source of joy. Look what Jesus done to me, look what has happened. I once was blind, but now I see. I once was blind, but now I see. And it's, it, it's also, I think, important to notice that Bartimaeus, nowhere in, the, uh, nowhere in the Matthew, Mark, and Luke do we have any name given for someone who Jesus performs a miracle on. Bartimaeus is the only one whose name is, is given. And Bartimaeus as it is translated there in, in verse 46, probably wasn't his name because it, was, it, it just means son of Timaeus. And so so ostracized was this man and, 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 and an outcast of society that people, he wasn't even known by his name, he was known by his father, son of Timaeus. And it's important to notice, it's important to notice that, you know, because Timaeus translated in the Aramaic means honor or honouring, or prized, highly prized. And don't we see that Bartimaeus now? Don't we see a Bartimaeus who is totally transformed, totally given the honour, the honour, the greatest honour of following Christ, the greatest honour that any human being can ever experience and know to follow Jesus Christ. He's no longer Bartimaeus the blind beggar, he is Bartimaeus, he's the son of honour, the one who has been honoured, By God, his faith, his perseverance had been rewarded. And we are reading this story now 2,000 years later. Isn't that incredible? Isn't that incredible? And we can only imagine him following him on the way, what he, he would have saw now. Jesus was journeying up to Jerusalem. It was an upward walk up to Jerusalem. He had to descend up. And so we can only imagine now Bartimaeus following and seeing more miracles and, and, and when Jesus has the triumphal en- uh, entrance into Jerusalem and all these other things, all these other things that are in the gospel, we would have seen, think of what Bartimaeus would have saw now. It would have, it would have been incredible. It would have been incredible because he's now the disciple and he's following Christ. And surely at this miracle, surely at this miracle we can only say, who, who is like the Lord? If your heart is filled with the Spirit, surely you can only say, who is like the Lord? Who is majestic like him? Who is so awesome and so great like he is? You could ask for a, a, a thousand tons to, to sing his praise. Unending strength to declare his fame. When I see this, that's what I want to do. I want to say, who is like you, Christ? Who is like you, Jesus? There's no one like him. No one like him, worthy of all praise. And so I want to ask you, is your, is your heart affected by this? As best as I've tried to communicate it, as weak and frail as it is, is your heart affected by Jesus? Or is it boring? Do you want to know how you know if you have spiritual sight? Well, you see Jesus. You see his glory. Not in a physical way, but you see spiritually his worth. You value him. You love him. You want to know him. The fins of God are not boring to you. Like Bartimaeus, you see his face and now you desire to follow him on the way. Even if it's from the back, from wherever it is, you want to be where Christ is. Do you have that? Or is it a show? Do you, are you in the crowd's position? Are you simply just around for the sake of being around? Because I have to, because it's my routine. Or is there a sense of gratitude? Because he has opened your eyes and made you what you once was not. That's how you know if your eyes are open. You see Jesus in a new light. You see Jesus with the spiritual eyes of your heart, and it is a wonderful sight, and you love it, and you ravish it, and you want to experience it more. But if you don't, if you don't, if listening to Jesus It's like listening to a politician give one of their speeches. If it's that numbing and boring, then where is your heart? Could you make the claim to say that Jesus, your eyes have been opened, when you don't prize the one who opens your heart? If there's no gratitude like Bartimaeus, can you make that claim? If not, my friend, then scripture says you are blind. As blind as Bartimaeus was. You could have took Bartimaeus to the most wonderfulest view in the world and he wouldn't have been able to see it. You can hear the most wonderful truths of Jesus and not be able to see them. You're just thinking about lunch. That is how you know. And if you're in that case, then you are blind. And what happens to a blind person who's walking on the edge of a cliff? Eventually they fall off. Eventually, Jesus says that the blind lead a blind and they both fall into a ditch. And so if you're in that condition of Bartimaeus, then you know the way to go. Follow the way that scripture, follow the way that Bartimaeus set before us. You've heard of what Christ can do. You've heard of the salvation. You've probably seen it in your brother or your sister or your cousin or a friend, someone who was like you living in the world, but now they're totally different and you can't explain it. What happened? You've seen it. You've heard. But you must go the same way of Bartimaeus. That is no good. It's no good being in a Christian church. It's no good having Christian parents or whatever, Christian brother. That doesn't cover you. Only the blood covers you. And so if you've heard like Bartimaeus, you have to take action. You have to have faith. Saving faith takes action. It moves towards Jesus. It hears the promise and it goes for the promise. And it doesn't let go until it's received the promise, like Bartimaeus. And so if you know your condition, like Bartimaeus, a desperate condition a hopeless condition, a condition that the world cannot redeem, a condition that no amount of human power or intellect or anything, you need God's power, like Bartimaeus did. Then begin to seek him. Begin to seek him in the same way. Begin to seek him with all your heart, mind, soul and strength and you will find him. You will find him. You may encounter a bit of opposition like Bartimaeus. Your best friends may laugh or turn or whatever, happen to me. But they can't open my eyes. They can't set me free. Only Jesus can. And I just, I want to say another word to um, Christians, uh, brothers and sisters. It's a a sober and pressing question, but are are we following Christ on the way? Because that's what I get from this text. I was convicted. When it said that Bartimaeus is now following Christ on the way, I sat there and asked myself, am I following Christ on the way or am I off the way? Because it's very easy to come off a narrow way. It doesn't take much. It's a thin line. And either way you can... And so are you still following on the way? The way of the cross... Are you still following on the way with Christ? Were you once like Bartimaeus? Even as I'm saying this, you once could say, oh, that was me. I remember when I had this joy. I remember when I wanted to follow Jesus no matter what. I remember when I spoke of him and I thought of him and I went to sleep praying and woke up praying and read my Bible asleep. You could remember those things, but they faded with time and with temptation. We know it, I know it, we've been through it, I've been through it. The fire slowly is damped, and once, what once was a burning, shining light is a shadow. If that's your case, go the way of Bartimaeus did. Acknowledge your need and go to Christ and, and seek him and he will come and give you a fresh sight. See, that's the thing, what I've learned following Christ, is I don't only need one eye-opening experience, I need one every day. I need my eyes to be opened afresh. The same way I wake up in the morning and open my eyes, I need God to open my eyes every day. Because every day they close with sleep, (laughs) and you have to live day by day as a Christian. And so, you need to go to Christ and give me a fresh sight. And God will not say, "Mm." he's full of mercy and compassion and gives without reproach to those who call on him. He will bestow on you a fresh sight and you will know the joy you once did. You will know the salvation you once did in a greater way. If you lost one, he'll give four. If you lost four, he'll give eight. He'll restore what the locust has taken. He'll restore the years. And so seek Christ in this way. Seek Christ. Your condition is not final. Your condition is not irredeemable. All you have to do is look at him with faith faith and perseverance. Look at him to the one who calmed the storm with a command. Look at him, the one who transformed Bartimaeus' life with a command. Go your way, your faith has made you well. Look to him, the one the one who is clothed and anointed by God to bring salvation to whoever call upon him. And there is no excuse. If there's anything from this passage it would leave us with is that, look at Bartimaeus's condition. If anyone is in a hopeless condition, your condition is not Bartimaeus. Spiritually, yeah. If you're not a Christian, it is. And even as believers, we know that as well. But Jesus can and will redeem it. So, friends, I just want to encourage you to seek Him. Seek Him, seek Him with this faith and perseverance. Until we know Christ in this way. And until we are following Him on the way. And if you're following Christ on the way, continue on. Follow the way of Bartimaeus, follow the way that Bartimaeus did. Continue on on that narrow road. Continue on. Don't turn off. Don't give in to the pressure of the world that would have you conform. But remain transformed by renewing your mind in the word of God. And the time will come when Christ returns and there we'll see and it will be glorious. And there we see a Bartimaeus clothed in glory, transformed in glory. I can't wait. That's what I'm looking for. In a broken world like this, the only hope is Jesus Christ. The only hope. Is he your hope? Make him your hope. Today is the day of salvation. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for your truth. Father, I thank you that I thank you for all my friends here, that in despite of a, of a windy and rainy day that just makes you want to stay in bed, Lord, you brought them, and you brought everyone here for a reason. You brought myself here for a reason. Lord, to know and experience you. And so, Father, I pray that even as your word goes forth and went forth, Lord, that you would be calling on our hearts. Help us to respond now in praise and adoration. We pray, bless this message. In Jesus' name, amen.